Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family, here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awijan. I am writing solo today, and, well, generally, I kind of almost consider this a solo show anyway, but, hey, you know, sometimes I have a co-host, sometimes I don't. I was going to have Sebastian today, and, uh, unfortunately, it just didn't work out this week. We were we were very close. It was, gonna, it was supposed to happen. The show was supposed to come out last night, but, unfortunately... Something came up at the last moment and Sebastian was unavailable. So sometimes that's why I prefer to go solo just in case uh, you're ready to rock and roll, get get on with the show, and then, oh, now we can't do it. So definitely nothing personal against Sebastian or anyone else. Just sometimes it's better to be solo, but also it's also wonderful (laughs) to have a co-host, especially one of the ilk of Sebastian. So miss you, buddy, and uh, you'll be on again. Hope all is going well with you. Yes, sir. Yeah, <laughs> it's been quite a quite a nightmare, hasn't it, the past few days? And uh, I actually had a nightmare before the Viking game, before the game against the New England Patriots. I had a nightmare that, uh, well, the Vikings got crushed by the New England Patriots. They were getting killed. I remember just seeing it on the TV, and I was like, oh, well, I guess that's what I predicted, that the Patriots would beat the Vikings because of the turnovers. And all that good stuff. And just playing, outplaying the Vikings. And, you know, just the simple fact that the Patriots don't lose consecutive games all that often. Especially with Tom Brady, at quarterback, who has never, ever lost to the Minnesota Vikings since he's been in the NFL. And he's been in the NFL for quite a while now. Yeah, he's undefeated against the Vikings. And he, obviously, he came in undefeated and still is undefeated. But now we have a witch hunt to join the nightmare. A witch hunt, yeah. Um... Take that as is, okay? Because this is not a political show. And I've said that in the past, and they will continue to not be a political show. And also, do you want me to just sit here and rag rag on and on and on about the Adrian Peterson situation? Do you want me to be like (laughs) AM1500 has been this week? Mackie and Judd, like I was basically... and And you know, it's probably not worth naming names on this show. It's just not even worth it, but I just did anyway. Who I always thought was, <laughs> I always thought, well, especially Judd and Dubay, which I think is way better than Mackie and Judd. I mean, it's just way better. It was just a way better show. Still don't know what the hell they were thinking there. Really not really pleased with the direction of the local media, with who they've been hiring, and uh, which the direction they've been headed the past five to ten years. Not impressed, folks. Not impressed. It seems like the egos are getting higher, and the... Uh, Overall sports conversations has been dropping off, really. It's turned into a political agenda. It's turned into, 
Yeah, I you know I'm, I'm just gonna leave that alone before I get too far into it. Read between the lines where I'm headed, guys. Just read between the lines. You know, if you like it, great. If you don't, whatever. So be it. If I lose five listeners to this show, because those of you that have been loyal are still loyal, and I thank you so very much. Regarding the Adrian Peterson situation, and I will get it out of the way now, and I will then give you at least the medicine of talking about Vikings football rather than constantly hearing about Ray Rice, like we did all last week on AM 1500. Believe it or not, PA of KFAN was more listenable than AM 1500 this past week, and that's saying a lot. A lot. Yeah, I'm actually pleased with how PA didn't really let that con- like con- dwell on his entire show. He didn't dwell his en- uh, on it his entire show with Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson. But now, I gotta give what I gotta give, and I'm gonna keep it brief. And this show is going to be brief also, for multiple reasons. Obviously because, well, the Viking game sucked last week. And it's been an unbelievable distraction, the certain event that took place. A certain thing that I keep teasing towards getting to. So now without further ado, for crying out loud. (laughs) Yes, Adrian Peterson went too far. Yes, I do agree with spare the rod, uh, spoil the child. But it's your right to do what you want to do. That's how I feel. Did Adrian Peterson go too far? Yes. Is the media... Taking it way too far? Yes. Yes. I am very displeased. Very disheartened. Very dismayed with the direction of the media in this town for the last several years. The way we build up. And obviously the fan bases as well. Those of you loud people out there on Twitter and Facebook that constantly have to just be the loud people. Just have to make noise. Constantly have to make noise. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed at all. You want to join the mob? Fine. But I'm not joining no mob. I'm not. I'm not joining no mob. Adrian Peterson went too far, but you guys are going too far, too. You're going too far. Adrian Peterson, ban him from the league? No. Maybe slap him with a fine, suspend him for a little while? Okay, I guess. Partially to get you guys, partially to get the mob to calm down a little teeny tiny bit, to show that, to show that you know what, okay, we're not going to just blow it off and ignore it and say it's okay, because okay, fine. Show that we care. A domestic, uh, the the new rule about the domestic abuse, domestic uh, incidents, whatever, six games. Okay, if it comes to six games, then so be it. Six games. <laughs> it's painful to say it, but if it is then it is what it is. But ban him for life? I don't think that's where we need to go. I don't think that's a direction. We need to go with this one. You want to ban him for life? I don't know about that. Unfortunately, though, the noise is being heard. It's being shoved down our throats. Constantly. Non-stop. So now, oh goody, you got... (laughs) Just like in other cases that I will that will remain nameless, the sponsors are, are running away now. They're, the sponsors are pulling out just to make a statement. Well, that's nice. That's all good and fine. 
But again, we're turning a situation into a virtual witch hunt, and I think it has gone way, way, way too far. Way too far. I'm not uh, not impressed that Adrian went too far. Went went as far as he did necessarily. No, I mean, yeah, he went too far. Sure, he did. Take it easy a little bit here, man. Take it easy a little bit. Please take it easy. Just don't do it again, man. Don't go as far as you did. Don't go as far as you did. Take it easy. Don't use, probably don't use that item, <laughs> that particular item, the switch as they as we like to call it, which I was, uh, I wouldn't call myself a victim. How was I a victim? I, I, did, a, I did something naughty <laughs> as a young kid. But um, no, I mean, it wasn't like that. No, it, it wasn't left with several welts like that. So take it easy a little bit there, Adrian. Please just take it easy, just a little bit. For your own sake, and for the kid's sake, of course, of course. But, um, yeah, I better, I better step away now. I've made my point. Was he wrong? Sure. But does he deserve this type of reaction? No. No, he does not deserve this type of reaction. No. There's my piece. All right, let's get on to the Minnesota Vikings game. It's going to be short. Yeah, it's going to be very short. What did I predict going into the football game? That the New England Patriots would uh, force some turnovers at Matt Castle. Well, he threw four interceptions in the game. That's a lot. Okay, the last one was unearned because Matt Asiata kind of knocked the ball in the air and kept going forward as if the ball wasn't going in the air. He just went forward. I, I'm not sure what that was all about. That was a that was pretty lame. Uh, poor decisions along the way, throwing the ball in the middle of the field to a short receiver named Jarius Wright. Now, it's worked before, but then again, no. It actually, it's just weird how a lot of these players are kind of, how different the receivers are. Like, Percy Harvin was only good in the middle. Jarius Wright's better on the sides. Obviously, most receivers, you're more likely to throw a uh, catchable pass versus an interception on the sides. We like the taller guys, like a uh, Cordero and such, but... No, poor decisions by Matt Castle along the way. Clearly, clearly off his game, and the Patriots knew what they were doing. Like I was saying, all freaking week. This team knew what they were doing. I said it right after the Rams game that the Vikings were going to lose to the New England Patriots because the New England Patriots are smart and because they're not going to go 0-2. The New England Patriots are not going to go 0-2. I'm a little mad at myself that I didn't come up with a statistic that uh, just, just since 2009, the New England Patriots... After a loss, they're fifteen and three. Fifteen and three. You really think an unproven Viking squad, regardless if they're home or not, are gonna just walk all over the Patriots? I, I, I you know, it's just amazing how quickly a team like that can transform themselves too, with how poorly they did play against Miami. But you do have to factor in the fact, <laughs> the fact, factor in the facts. Pardon me for the bad English, but you got to factor in. <laughs> that the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots are in the same division. That does mean something. When teams are in the same division, they know each other, and stuff happens. It does, all the time. You could be, you know, I mean, how many times back in the day when the Bucks were in our division, the Vikings would be having a great season, the Bucks hadn't even won a game yet, they roll into... They roll into uh, the Metrodome, or possibly down there in Florida... And walk all over the Vikings. And it's like, what the hell? Well, you know what? When you're in the same division, you know each other pretty well. And the Miami Dolphins have had a ton of success against the New England Patriots. 
pretty much forever. Tom Brady, Drew Bledsoe, whatever. Dan Marino, Jay Fiedler, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, God knows who else, Chad Henney. They beat the Patriots on a regular basis, so it happened. A lot of that factored in, and the New England Patriots factored in this game, that's for damn sure. Nothing really looked good about this game. Tom Brady pretty much schooled the uh, the secondary of the Vikings. Now, Harrison Smith looked good at times. He probably stood out more than the other uh, than the other Minnesota Vikings. I mean, without a doubt, right? Without a doubt, that, uh, uh, Harrison Smith was probably the best defensive player in this game. Chad Greenway looked okay at times. And overall, I mean, the Patriots just took it to the Vikings. I mean, what more is there really to say? The first drive was great. Very creative, and a lot of us are like, "Well, I, okay, cool. I mean, great. I guess we're. I guess we really are a good team. And New England must be really uh, struggling here. They really are going to be. They really are going to have a hard time. Wow. I mean, this is going to be. Uh, <laughs> it's just going to be one of those. Uh, one of those days for the New England Patriots, isn't it? And the Vikings are going to have fun, and we're going to roll. But right away. Right away, Matt Castle throws an interception, and much to the chagrin of Matthew Kyle <laughs> over there in Maine, I wrote, what did I tell you guys that, that turnovers would be a factor in this game? And he quickly is like, come on, man. <laughs> I don't read the in-game stuff on the show just to, for the fact that long, you know, you don't want to just sit re- and read and be reading stuff the whole show. I would lose listeners if I did that. But uh, yeah, the whole point of that is to interact live with the fans during the game. That's why you should join the Facebook page, you know, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show, and you hear about that again later, because we can interact, you know. I'm just a regular guy like the rest of you. I am, you know, I I don't bite, you can talk to me, just uh, don't private message me at like 12.30 a.m. maybe, I might not like that too much, I I don't really feel like talking at that time, I'm kind of tired, I want to like chill, (laughs) but just saying, uh, (laughs) <laughs> just saying just saying you know nothing nothing directed at anybody of course but uh to the point the new england patriots just uh, scored non-stop and the vikings never scored another point yeah it's like you think about that do you realize the new england patriots had 30 unanswered points after that very early touchdown gosh i mean gosh think about it man think about it think about it less than just just under four minutes into the game the vikings scored their only their only score of the entire game. Matt Asayata catching, receiving a touchdown. 25 yards, just boom, gone. You know, catch and go. He actually looked athletic and quick for once, Matt Asayata. <laughs> and he did have a good week against uh, the Rams, even, believe it or not. But um, Matt Asayata, obviously uh, not a starting running back in this league. But I guess he's going to be getting a lot of uh, carries this year. And Jarek McKinnon, gosh, I mean, rookie running back, he's going to be getting some some early action, and we're going to see if he has any hope of being a running back in the future for this franchise in the not-too-distant future. Such a dramatic, uh, such a dramatic week, such a depressing week for this franchise in so many ways. What a distraction, too. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, the Patriots school us, obviously you don't have Adrian Peterson on the field. Which would have really helped, actually, because then the Patriots don't have to focus on the pass as much as they did. Or the Patriots won't be able to focus on the pass as much as they did. And just destroyed uh, 
Matt Castle, which does give you an indication to where this team is probably going to head this year, unless one of these running backs can really have a have a breakout real real soon here. They're going to have to have a breakout game for the Vikings to uh, hope to uh, survive some of these tough games coming up, like next week. It's going to be quite difficult. This is one of those unreviewable games, other than, okay, there was a ton of turnovers. The Patriots were in position. They knew what the Vikings were going to do, and they and they know what they they know what to do. <laughs> Regardless, if you know the know the know the players on the Patriots or not. And yes, <laughs> Edelman destroyed the Vikings. The Wes Welker uh, replacement, basically, is what he is. Destroyed the Vikings all freaking day. Just ran all over the Vikings, catch and run, and all that good stuff. Julian Edelman, that is. You know, it's funny, he had 81 yards. It felt like he had 181 yards in the game. Stephen Ridley. Stephen Ridley. 101 yards on the ground. Didn't really feel like it, did it? But the Patriots are so far ahead, of course they're going to run the ball and try to burn the clock. Matt Asiata, non-factor, Castle, yuck. (laughs) Cordero Patterson not giving the ball very much in the game. Jaster Brinkley made a lot of tackles, but... Well, yeah, of course he made a lot of tackles because he, he had to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Patriots were on the field a lot and uh, guys were catching the ball a lot. You know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, there was one sack in the whole game and that was by Johnson again. He's got two sacks. He's uh, on course for 16 sacks this year. The little known Johnson. Yeah, 16. Uh, he's on his course for 16 sacks. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Barr looked pretty good. Again, like I said, Greenway and people ripping on Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, okay. Xavier Rhodes definitely has some, uh, he definitely has some uh, faults and all that good stuff, but I think he's going to be a good corner in this league. He's certainly no Chris Cook. That is for doggone sure. (sighs) Like I'm bouncing around a bit because it's just one of those, eh, like game reviews. you know, obviously poor decisions made by Matt Castle along the way and overthrows. Sure, there would have been a sure touchdown to Kyle Rudolph along the way as well. Just stuff like that. Miscues, one after the other. Bad passes, guys. Uh, he just missed people. Patriots obviously flustering him along the way. Matt Castle doesn't respond well to any type of... Uh, any. I mean, when you shake Matt Castle, it's ball game. It's game over. He's definitely not the kind of guy you can really count on to lead a franchise like uh, on a playoff run because of that reason. You know, you smack Matt Castle in the mouth, you're going to you're going to be hard up to uh have any type of survival after that. You you can have a hard time. You you really are, you know? You you just you're going to have a hard time. It sucks. Mm-mm. So, I hope you don't mind what I had to say about Adrian Peterson. I mean, I'm sure those of you wanted me to talk about it. I don't like the witch hunt. Okay, and look at me going back to it. See, and I told you I wouldn't. So, yeah. Okay, I don't like the witch hunt. He did wrong to to a point. But the witch hunt is is just, it's got to go. And this game review's got to go because it's just an unreviewable game. It really sucked. It was a really sucky game. We hope to God that we won't have the same problem as we head to the bayou. This is the second time since the, the, uh, well... The fumbling, bumbling Vikings at the in the Bayou, because there was a uh, season opener in the Bayou the next year, which the Vikings also lost in 2010. Boy, I had a lot of listeners for that show, and 
or for that week. <laughs> I recorded that show, but it never got released because the computer crashed. That was fun. Good times. That was awesome. The computer crashed and the whole show was gone. No one ever heard it, and neither could I. Mm-mm. So I'll gonna have to. I'm gonna have to drop the game review here for the most part. It's just. Do you, do you really want me to continue on it? Is there really any, anything more I want to say about it other than Adrian's absence? Not an excuse. I mean, the, even though it didn't help, without a doubt. Yeah, that that's it. That's all I can say about it. That's all I can say is I, I was right. I just didn't think it would be as bad as it was, I guess. <laughs> so I better shut up. And now you get to hear from our sponsor from Tallgrass. It's still the summer one, but... Uh, don't forget to check out the zombie monkey. You will see a picture of it on the the Purple Mafia Facebook page, what it looks like. It's available now. Zombie monkey. Highly, highly, highly rec- uh, recommend that one. A robust porter. Wonderful stuff. If you like porters or stouts, you will love this beer. You will love it. The zombie monkey. Robust porter. The autumn. Seasonal. But there are plenty of Halcyons still hanging around, and they're still pretty fresh until like around December or so. They're still they still go up until December, November, December. So they're still pretty fresh. Uh, you'll hear it from our sponsor now. Hey, it's hot, it's humid, it's summertime. Nothing is more refreshing this time of year than Halcyon Weed Ale, brewed by Tall Grass from Manhattan, Kansas. Their 8-bit Pale Ale is my personal favorite and the official beer of this podcast. There is nothing cooler than seeing Pac-Man licking his chops on this amazing can and even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Check out their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter at TallgrassMN and find them on Facebook. Simply search Tallgrass Minnesota. Bringing people together over a beer since 2007. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Purple Mafia on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Let's start things off with the NFC North Roundup. How about that? Do you, do you like that idea? Do you like that? And we'll talk about the New Orleans Saints. Oh, goody. I'm sure it's going to be real positive, right? <laughs> I'm going to try to make it positive. This is a tough week for the uh, for the Vikings in so many ways. I mean, good golly. Good golly gosh. I mean, geez. Okay, well, the Detroit Lions lost to the Carolina Panthers. Might as well open up with that one. This wasn't too bad for the Vikings, anyway. It was pretty bad for the Panthers. Carolina Panthers, you know, picking up where they left off. A lot of people thought, well, you know, all these teams from the NFC, well, the Panthers or the 49ers, one of those two are going to get, uh, like, knocked out of this one. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the 49ers, too. Doggone it. <laughs> you can tell I kind of like that team, and obviously I kind of like the Patriots, too. Doggone it. <laughs> um... The Carolina Panthers, though, I mean, geez, 2-0. I mean, hell, you, you can't argue with that. They're off to a nice start. 24-7, rolling right over those Detroit Lions. Oh, the Panthers are more powerful than the Lions. The Cats versus the Cats. Yes, sir. You saw them growl. You saw them prowl. And Cam Newton and co. 
left the Detroit Lions in a scowl. Oh, wasn't that the cutest rhyme you ever heard? It was so precious. Carolina Panthers, well, they couldn't really run on the Detroit Lions, could they? Jonathan Stewart was getting, gosh, he's got to be getting up there in years by now. Huh, only 37 yards on the ground against that defensive line of the Detroit Lions, but they didn't run the ball very well against the defensive line of the Carolina Panthers either. Calvin Johnson, Matthew Stafford, it's just, Matthew Stafford is, you know who he's starting to remind me of? He's starting to remind me of Carson Palmer, you know, of the Cincinnati Bengals, not the not the Arizona Cardinals or or uh, or uh, Oakland Raiders or anything, but the Cincinnati Bengals version, where you know he put up some stats and everything, but he, he's just he's just not it. You know what I'm saying? Like some weeks he looks like that franchise super duper quarterback, and the next week it's like one touchdown, one interception. Yeah, he passed the ball 700 times and got 300 yards passing and everything. But he just was like, eh, you know, a little bit above 50% passing. Woohoo. I mean, yay. Great. Um, that's who he's starting to remind me of. Carson Palmer a little bit. Luckily, he's not like coming back from any type of, of like an ACL injury, but he was oft injured at times earlier in his career, that being a number one overall pick. Matthew Stafford, who, was a number, who uh, Carson Palmer was as well, to another franchise that's been through hell and, and damnation, basically the Cincinnati Bengals. Hopefully the Vikings aren't the next one, the way we're headed right now. Not with our play on the field, it's the off-field nonsense, doggone it. Gosh, it's just two huge name running backs have been, like, you know, basically barred from football till further notice. Isn't that crazy when you think about that? In a matter of, like, in a matter of, like, a week? Isn't that crazy? Oh, and by the way, they both wore purple. <gasps> but anyhow, this was, uh... Just not an impressive game by the Detroit Lions. The Carolina Panthers basically did their thing. I mean, Cam Newton, sharp. Not elite, but sharp. Stewart, eh, he was okay. (laughs) The Carolina defense got the job done in this one, to be quite honest. That's pretty much how they took care of business. Stafford threw an interception and only one touchdown when you have receivers like... uh, When you have receivers like Calvin Johnson is the best in the game, you have Golden Tate, who's at least solid. Okay, whatever. Uh, the Detroit defense was halfway decent, but not good enough. Um, Jonathan Stewart did score a touchdown in the game. He did run it in, so at least they got the job done there. Carolina Panthers, well, their defense didn't score score anything for them necessarily, but they were solid. They moved the chains, and they won the game. Detroit, not, not, not I mean, really nothing much to talk about with that game. It's just a eh game for the Lions. Stifled by a better by a better defense, a good offense that was that got their ass kicked by a better defense. That's pretty much how I'll sum it up. Now let's talk about the uh, tale of comebacks, the two comebacks for the Packers and the Bears. Mostly the Bears one frustrates me because of the 49ers. I rather really want to see them like succeed. <laughs> if the Vikings aren't winning in the NFC, I'd sure like to see the 49ers succeed. I don't. Ha- I don't particularly. I mean, I don't hate the Bears as much as the Li- uh, the Packers and Lions and Cowboys and all that in Seattle. But um, still, still they are division rival. That will save that one for last because that was a major come major comeback. Green Bay, same situation. They were hammering, or they were getting hammered. The New York Jets were hammering the Green Bay Packers in <laughs> in Lambeau. Green Bay. I mean, New York went up fourteen nothing. Green Bay finally gets a field goal. The Giants get up to a 21-3 lead. 
And, well, all the Giants would get is a... God, sorry about the racket here. All the Giants would get is another field goal at the end of the game, pretty much. And it caught, and that's it. I mean, the Giants basically... Or Giants, excuse me. The Jets basically blew it here. The Packers came all the way back. Aaron Rodgers and co. were like, oh, the New York Jets aren't going to come into our house and win. Just imagine if the Jets were 2-0. I mean, you got the Buffalo Bills at 2-0. You got Cleveland beating uh, New Orleans. We're going to get to that very shortly. Kind of crazy. Carolina's 2-0, like I said just a minute ago. Some interesting little surprises to come out of the gate on the good and on the bad here. Seattle losing to San Diego. Uh-huh. After crushing Green Bay, they lose to San Diego last week. And the Chargers just got the job done the, the whole way. The latter half of the Sunday games, I'm sure Seattle's going to be playing those most of the way. Aaron Rodgers and co. getting it done. I mean, getting it done. And what's even more alarming about this football game it didn't take long for the Packers to come back because nobody scored in the fourth quarter. Green Bay took a 31-24 to lead and no one scored in the entire fourth quarter. That's just weird. That's just freaking weird, isn't it? When you think about that, it makes you wonder, like, what the hell? <laughs> How about them Packers, huh? How about them Packers? They actually played decent defense after giving up 21 points really early. <laughs> It's just that that's just bizarre to me. Packers come rolling back, thirty-one twenty-four win for them. Huh. Well, wouldn't that have been something that if the Packers started at 0 and 2? It'd sure make all of us feel better, wouldn't it? And if the Bears started 0 and 2 and the Lions are at one and one. You know, I mean it's like after all that we'd still be tied for first with the Lions in the NFC North, if not for these stupid comebacks. But now it's well, we're all one and one now. <laughs> it's a four-way logjam. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's still hope for the Vikings, you know? <laughs> yeah, everything will be all right. Vikings are going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, sure they will be. Sure. Everything's fine, you know? Just fine and dandy, you know? There's no black cloud hanging over the organization or anything. Nah. Matt Castle didn't, Matt Castle didn't get exposed beyond human recognition last week either. Nah, we'll be fine. And you think I'm up here just pounding on the Vikings? Do you think that's what I'm up here to do? No. I'm presenting you with the facts. Yeah, that's what I'm here to do. <laughs> Does that mean I'm trying to dwell on the negative? No. It's just, unfortunately, you know what? There's some, uh, there's a black hole holding, black cloud hanging over the organization right now. Just like the Minnesota Vikings, I don't think the Baltimore Ravens are going to make the playoffs either. Even though they're, well, they're one on one after stumping a pretty important division rival in Pittsburgh Steelers. Last week, stomped the hell out of him on Thursday Night Football. You know, good for them. No Ray Rice in that game, but still got the job done in a big way. I mean, hey, you know, it's like, you know, good good for them. Shoot. I shouldn't even say the name Ray Rice, should I? Because now it's Bernard Pierce, man. Bernard Pierce. And he actually did pretty good in that game, too. Almost 100 yards and four and a half yards of carry. So, so shoot. Um, good for them. Sorry for making that noise. Let's get to that Bears and 49ers game. Uh, pisses me off. <laughs> 49ers were kicking the Bears' ass. The Bears were a complete non-factor. And then it's like, oh, oh, well, you know, yeah, they were they were shutting out the 40, the Bears the whole uh, first half. Doggone it. Did the wrong thing here. But yeah, they were shutting out the Bears the whole first half. Nice little Sunday night game. Wouldn't mind recording this show during that time. It's like, you know, 
I figured, oh, it's okay. They gave up. Yeah, wow, the Bears finally scored a point with 18 seconds left. This is one. <laughs> the Bears finally scored. Yeah. You know, Brandon Marshall, nice play. You know, Cutler and uh, Marshall, nice play there deep in the end zone. Nice stuff. Bet the 49ers will still win this one. You know, oh, no problem. They, they got this. 17 nothing. Oh, it's 17-7. Okay, well, so they're back in the game a little bit. Who would have thunk that, uh, it's like, didn't you just know that that, that uh, a touchdown in that kind of situation is going to be a problem, man? Boy, they sure broke the skin in the, on those 49ers, didn't they? They broke the skin. Even though the 49ers would be the next team to score to make it 20-3, to three, or 7. Here came the Bears the rest of the way. Three straight touchdowns. Isn't that just great in that fourth quarter? Three touchdowns in that fourth quarter. Yeah. Three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Didn't that just suck? <laughs> Ouch. Uh, you know? Three touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, the second one was just one play, though, but still. It was just one play, a three-yard play, but still. Still. I mean, man, oh, man, oh, man. Isn't that just crazy when you think about what took place with the 49ers and Bears? Just a, an, another pretty significant comeback. Not actually as impressive when you think about Green Bay, 21-3. to Yeah, sure, they were at home, and the Bears were on the road. And I do think the 49ers are a better team than the Packers, and I, and I think it's shown on the scoreboard the past few years, but still, geez. Geez, you know, um, that was a pretty impressive comeback by the Packers. You know, it's a big, it's a big, uh, it's a big hole to climb. It's a big hole to climb out of 17 points, you know, like that. 18 points, pardon me. But the Bears winning in uh, the new San Francisco Stadium, geez, that's pretty impressive too. <sighs> kind of sucks. <laughs> kind of sucks for the Vikings. If they had any hope of uh, somehow clinging to dear life in this division, looks like we're going to be seeing Green Bay and Chicago duke it out for the NFC North. I think so. Um... With, with wins like that, you know, Green Bay beat a team that's playing a little better than people expected in the Jets. But Chicago beat San Francisco, a team I have winning the Super Bowl in their house. The 49ers ain't going to be undefeated at home this year. That's crazy. Nice comeback by Chicago, unfortunately for us. Uh, but it will make the NFC North very interesting. The two oldest rivals in all of football are going to duke it out for the division championship, in my humble opinion. And that's the way I came into the season anyway. I had the Vikings finishing third and the Lions finishing fourth. With uh, Matthew Stafford, basically a younger Carson Palmer, in my opinion, leading the way there. I think the Lions finished fourth. Even though Carson Palmer was a pretty good quarterback, Cincinnati didn't have a whole lot of success with him running the show. Man. Man, man, man. Mr. Lewis in Cincinnati loses both of his coordinators, and they're still 2-0. They beat the Falcons this week. That's a one of the pretty significant surprises along the way, I would have to say. I mean, they, this whole week was filled with surprises. Like I said, uh, Bills beating the Dolphins. Wow, after the Dolphins beat the Patriots, Chargers beat Seattle. There's a lot of good, there's a lot of good games, lots of good, uh, impressive wins for certain teams along the way. The Rams beat the Bucks on the road. How about that? The Rams won their first game of the season already. Wow. The Browns beat next week's opponent, the New Orleans Saints. Let's get to the New Orleans Saints now before I drag this out too much longer. In fact, I wasn't planning on the show dragging too long. I really wasn't. So hopefully the information was good enough for you. 
and it wasn't just something that you uh, view as a waste of your time. I pray to God that that's not the case. <laughs> Here to talk football with you. I want you to enjoy it. I, I sure do. I mean, I, I enjoy it. Despite the fact the Vikings do have a black cloud hanging over their organization. Dare I keep blabbing about that. Minnesota heading to New Orleans. And it seems like every time we do go there, it's a mess. It's a bleeping mess. Fumbles. Turnovers. Oh, and the block punt by the Vikings in that game. Gee, yeah, you think I forget about that? That's one of the ways the Patriots scored a touchdown. I just wanted to block that out of my mind. And plus, just a little distracted the past couple of days. I can't imagine why. Can't imagine. But uh, how about Bobby Hoyer? Johnny Manziel seeing a little bit of playing time against the Saints this past week. A little bit. Just a couple of little plays. Nothing really much to it. You can pass on the New Orleans Saints. You certainly can't run on them. Uh, the Vikings are going to have a hell of a time. <laughs> hell of a time running on the New Orleans Saints. They're actually off to a pretty good start in that category. And that I'm good for them in there because obviously when they've lost two games, the other team's going to be running the ball on them a bit. New Orleans Saints uh, against the run, pretty good so far. Against the pass, not so much. Browns beat the uh, the Saints passing the ball. I mean, Bobby Hoyer looks pretty good. Brian Hoyer, I just called him Bobby Hoyer. I'm thinking of somebody else, and I apologize for that. Brian Hoyer looking very good for the uh, Cleveland Browns coming back from an ACL. Good for him. You know, I, I, I like Brian Hoyer, and I was very impressed with... Uh, the way he led the Cleveland Browns on a clutch drive against the Vikings and Christian Ponder last last year. But the Vikings at 0-3. That was a very impressive drive, even though I thought Hoyer missed a lot of receivers. And just bad passes in that game as well. Uh, but certainly looked alright in this game. Did what he needed to do. The Browns got the job done. Uh, the Saints keeping the running game in check for the most part, though, by the... Uh, keeping the Browns in check on the running game. The Saints' offense is elite. There's no doubt about it. And I think that spells doom and gloom for the Minnesota Vikings again. Mark Ingram is an awesome running back. He really is. He's explosive. Scored a touchdown in this one. Only 11 carries. Still managed to get 83 yards. Really off to a good start there. Jimmy Graham was huge. Jimmy Graham, huge in this game. 10 catches, 118 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Drew Brees... He's not as good as he used to be. I mean, he's just not. Uh, not as accurate as he used to be. Obviously, he's getting older now. But uh, still capable of putting up a trillion yards and throwing for three or four touchdowns. And I do think the uh, New Orleans Saints are going to pass all over the Vikings. And when they take the lead, they're going to run Mark Ingram on us. And uh, it'll be up to us to stop the... Saints from moving the chains at that point because I think the Saints are going to be ahead early and often in this game, unfortunately. Does that mean the Saints are going to blow the Vikings right out of there? Not necessarily. If they still call it the Superdome, the uh, fixed-up Superdome. For, uh, you know, fixed-up for obvious reasons many years ago. Now it's been a while already. Wow, nine years already since that event. Man, that's about how long it's been since Drew Brees went there, too. Wow, time flies. And a lot's happened since then. <laughs> you know, tell, tell me, you know, yeah, tell me about that one, huh? Um, a talented New Orleans Saints defense, but does give up a lot against the pass. I mean, they're uh, they're 32nd against the pass so far, yardage-wise. Or, no, 30th yardage. 
uh, 30th in overall yards. 31st, again, you know, they've given up 31 points a game so far. Obviously, it's just two weeks in, but still, they're uh, pretty, they're, they're decent against the rush. They're not great against the rush. They're decent against the rush. And, uh, you know, that's where they're stronger. I shouldn't say they're great. I got that mixed up with something else, and I apologize for that. Their offense is elite, though. I mean, they're, they're averaging 29 points a game, which is second in the league. So that does tell you if and when their defense catches up a little bit, the Saints still could be a legitimate uh, NFC champion uh, candidate. Some people have them going to the Super Bowl and winning it. I'm not one of them. I do think the Saints are the anywhere from the, you know, we'll call it the 7th to 4th seed in the NFC. They're going to be somewhere in there. They're certainly not going to be, they're not going to be, uh, they're not going to have a buy or anything, and that's for sure with 0-2 record. I don't think there's any chance the Saints go 0-3. And if they do, they're screwed. I mean, if the Vikings roll into New Orleans and put the Saints in 0-3, they're screwed. Just like I predicted that uh, if the Vikings start 0-1 in St. Louis, they're screwed. <laughs> I'm thinking the same thing here. I mean, do you really do you really see the Vikings secondary stopping this passing game? Do you? Ah. And with, uh, you know, obviously what's going on with Adrian Peterson, the distractions, and obviously the loss of a great, a very good, very good running back. <laughs> Do you think that's kind of important? And the fact that the Saints are 0-2 and at home, do you really think the Saints are going to start 0-3 this year? They're going to be playing d- desperate football out there. And not necessarily desperate in terms of, like, they're going to go ape, ape bleep and screw up, screw themselves along the way. No, they're going to be playing like like an absolute must win, though, against a team that's that's reeling right now. For many reasons, obviously. The quarterback's not playing well, and obviously, yeah, obviously all the off-field crap, and I don't need to keep rehashing it, and I'm just driving you nuts with that, and I apologize. I think the Saints uh, score in the air on this game in this game, excuse me, and probably get a goal line touchdown as well from Mark Ingram I wouldn't doubt that kick some field goals here and there too if Mike Zimmer can get his defense to uh, force some turnovers, that's the that's the hope the Vikings have to win this game get some turnovers, that's, that's what it's about, because they're going to get theirs, the Saints are going to get theirs in this game, if if they have the ball if the Vikings are able to take the ball away from the Saints and give themselves nice field position, say they get a turnover on the Saints half of the field, well, rock and roll, man, <laughs> rock and roll. Then the then the Vikings have a chance to win this one, and that's the way. That's the only way they're going to do it, in my humble opinion, is by forcing turnovers, forcing turnovers, forcing turnovers, and of course, pressing pressuring Drew Brees. Oh, but it's always a mess in that stupid place. And don't be surprised if the Vikings are forced into turnovers in this game because they always are. Every time they go to New Orleans, it's a mess. And trust me, it's not just because of 09. I'm talking way back, 05, 06, 03, 02, 01. It's, it's always a mess. It's always dramatic. The Vikings have won in that building in the past, but not lately. And I don't think they'll win again. I don't think they'll win this this time either. So there it is. Let's get a score. What the hell am I doing? I'm throwing. I'm keeping this. Uh, I'm dragging this out too long. I think the Saints score a lot of points in this game. Unfortunately, I think they score. I think they score a lot. I think the Vikings score too. I think the Saints score 31 points in this game, guys. 31. Yeah, that's what kind of offense they are, and I think that's what they're going to do. 31 points. 
and I think the Vikings score. I think the Vikings score 21. I mean, it's not going to be very, you know, it's going to be a 10-point loss for the Vikings. 31-21, New Orleans plays plays a very good game. Drew Brees passes for over 300 yards in this one. Two to three touchdowns. And Mark Ingram will add one on the ground as well. We'll see if there's turnovers along the way. But um, that's where I stand with the Saints. If you're going to beat the Saints, Matt Castle is going to have to have an unbelievable game against that questionable pass defense right so far. Uh, and I, I I don't see it happening. I don't see Matt Castle passing all over these guys. And if he does, so be it. So there it is. The Vikings will start the season 1-2, 31-21. New Orleans. We'll be back after this for the fan interaction and we'll wrap her up in segment number three. Do you shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Contact us and support Purple Mafia by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. It's time for the fan interaction segment. No calls this week and, you know, for the sake of time and for the sake of frustration on multiple levels. <laughs> I'm I'm perfectly fine with that right now that there were no calls. It's okay, and I don't blame you. I'm sure you guys out there as well feel the same way about the whole thing. that You maybe didn't even want to call in at this point. So, again, I do not blame you. I always start with what people say in the uh, post of, uh, well, hey, the next Purple Moppy episode is out. Was there a comment in there? Nope. Tickets for American football. <laughs> I had a feeling that's what it was going to be. Uh, then there was a reminder midweek or so. Here we go. Felix Depel from Germany saying, saving this one for my flight to San Francisco. Looking forward to it. All right, cool. Mark Carlson saying, hey, download it, stream it, just get it. Fan interaction makes the show fun. Well, thank you for that, Mark. Appreciate you saying that. Mark Carlson, a Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. And then the post, the posted the picture of Zombie Monkey. It's pretty big. I think you can kind of see what it looks like. So when you see it in the liquor store, there it is. <laughs> Let's see what you had to say about it out there. Let's see what you had to say. And, of course, something went wrong here. Damn. <laughs> Don't you just love that? Ugh. You try to post something, click on something, and you get everything else. Robin Sullivan was asking if it's an energy drink. No. <laughs> it's in the same can that energy drinks uh, come in. You know, those 16-ounce cans that are nicer than those uh, smaller ones. Yeah, it's a pretty good can there. Uh, Mark Carlson saying, Skull Joey Robin Sullivan saying, I need to get out more and try it. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Porters usually kind of have that coffee chocolate taste. Uh, probably a little bit more coffee-ish than chocolate, than maybe a stout. Or a little bit sweeter and thicker, I think, than a porter. Uh, it's good stuff. 
Porters originated in England long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. So there you go. Zombie Monkey, very good stuff. Talked about Adrian Peterson being deactivated for the Patriots game. I'm going to try to keep this brief a little bit. Well, luckily, most of the comments are pretty short. Uh, Tanae Brown. Tanae Brown. Hey, not in New Zealand, who's a huge Timberwolves Explosion fan. That's the other podcast I do. He says, just let him play. Justin Mayer Henry says, Big Brother strikes again 10 years ago. This wouldn't be news. Raymond Harris saying, if he's out, so should domestic abusers Greg Hardy and Ray McDonald. I agree. Mark Carlson saying, I can't believe this. Yeah, And this was obviously before more and more details came out, but let's just say, yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with uh, what anybody's saying here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Carly saying he should just be able to play. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be one of the people screaming and tarring and feathering if Adrian Peterson is playing. I'm just going to leave that as is. Robin Sullivan saying, I think this is probably something that has gotten blown way out of proportion by CPS. I got an old-fashioned arse whooping also with a switch from a willow tree when I was growing up and making dumb choices and being defiant. There is a fine line between abuse and discipline, and until they really get to the bottom line of this, they should let him play and make a decision of future games pending the final outcome. Hmm, interesting thought there. Chrissy Burwitz saying he sh- he actually should be kicked off the team. Who the hell has the right to whip their child? Ah, uh, I don't know if I go that far. Kicked off the team and who... It depends on how bad you whip him, I guess. I mean, and where, you know, I suppose. You know, there's more factors to it than, than that. I, uh, I don't know about kicking him off the team. Yeah, beating the child... Like, uh, superly not good, but kicked off the team? No. Uh, Malcolm McSween, Malcolm saying, We are thinking about this as Viking fans and want him to play, but this is the worst timing after the, yeah, after the Ray Rice stuff. I saw pics of the kid, and it was definitely excessive. It's a different time, and he's an idiot for doing it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting thought there. Yes, yes. Good thoughts, good uh, different po- differing points of view. Obviously, you're going to get a lot of that in such a situation like this. I was saying I'm truly saddened with it, saddened with the developments involving Adrian Peterson, and I'm hoping for the best. <sighs> Sorry that this is continuing the Adrian conversation, guys. I think I might. Let's see. Uh, people were talking about trading him. I'm going to kind of try to look around. Yeah, Mark Carlson is blaming Ray Rice. This wouldn't be an issue if he had an act like Tyson. Yeah. I'm going to kind of generalize this a little bit. Uh, Dave Hickey's saying it's troubling. He's had a change of attitude or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of back and forth in this one. Um, yeah. He says it's... Yeah, Dave Hickey's saying it's terrible after he already lost his son to abuse from, obviously, that... Uh, the, uh, the mother's girl... The mother's boyfriend, excuse me. You know, like the the stepdad or whatever, kind of stepdad, boyfriend, whatever type of situation that actually abused the uh, son to death. That's unbelievable there, too. Um, that We talked about that last year. That was something else. Uh, then we got to the Vikings and Patriots in-game thread. Uh, post Patriots thread. Keep it clean if you can. Yep. <laughs> I've had to post that because I figure there might be some swearing and frustration over that game. Todd Grunlian, who's going to have some interesting things to say along the way here. Saying, I want football on Sunday, not politics. Yes, I like that so much. Justin Mayer Henry. 
saying, here is the best way to keep it clean while commenting on this game. No comment. Matthew Kyle basically seconding that by pointing to it. Mark Carlson saying, I think we still have serious quarterback issues. Uh Uh-huh. And the Patriots are pretty sloppy. This was the worst game in years. In years? Are you sure about that? No, I'm just kidding. Well, no, there was, yeah, it was a pretty bad game. It was really bad. But there have been a lot of bad games along the way, too. That's why I'm teasing about that. Uh, Justin Mayor Henry saying, After the way they played in week one, I had high hopes while knowing this game was going to be tough. The Vikings beat themselves more so in this one, I think. You cannot have the other team create so many penalties for huge yards and still allow them to completely destroy you. Yeah, I mean, he said he saw Brady laughing on the sidelines. Man, man, man. Mm-hmm. All the interceptions. Yep, I mean, it's, yeah, we're not Matt's fault. Yeah, I mean, good thoughts there and very, very true. Rudolph couldn't hang on to anything, drop some sure catch passes. And yeah, there was also uh, some passes that were badly overthrown over Rudolph too that nobody had, nobody could catch there. There was like three feet over. So yeah, I mean, it was just a sloppy-ass game. Malcolm saying, we definitely shot ourselves in the foot and the block field goal was a huge momentum shift. Yeah, when you see something like that, it seems like the team... <laughs> It seems like every time you see a blocked field goal return for a touchdown, that's like a game-changing play right there. Either you put the team on ice or you make a comeback and win type of thing. It's a huge deal. Carl O'Neill, Gold Star winner last week, very uh, always a very, very good commenter. I welcome him on this board very much so. Uh, he says the only interception that wasn't on Castle was the one that was tipped up by Asiata. I agree. Castle was horrible. How badly did he overthrow Rudolph in the end zone? Uh-huh. Miss Patterson on a flag route, which he led out of bounds. He threw it behind receivers and way late on others. Start anyone but Castle. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to go that far, start anyone but Castle. But, uh, yeah, he did lead a lot of guys out of bounds, which is terrible. Yeah, he led, he led Patterson out of bounds, and there were other ones as well. Uh, Carl continuing saying, and, man, look at all this noise. Sorry about that. Uh, he said, and like I said, after the game last week, we faced an inferior team. Our D-line is just a box score, and our corners can't cover. Or when they do, they get flagged for imaginary calls like Rhodes did. <laughs> that was tough, wasn't it? Oh, that was something. Dave Hickey wrapping up, wrapping up this section saying, Castle. Dave Hickey also from Iowa, by the way. Carl O'Neill's from Minnesota. Uh, Castle was saying... He was far from... Or he was saying Castle's far from good, but New England's defense is pretty darn good. They... Are a lot of people's pick to go to the Super Bowl, including mine. Yep. <laughs> I'm sticking to that, too, by the way. Uh, that being said, I think the whole Viking team was inactive for the game. Almost no pressure on Brady. Bad calls, bad coverage, and bad passing. Brent called for Teddy time at that point in the game. I thought it was too early, but later, after the game was already decided, then they could have given him a little experience in a little regular season game if they explained that to Matt so he wouldn't be thinking he was losing his job. Next week might be bad, too. I don't really disagree with anything Dave said there. I mean, not anything. Yeah, good stuff. (laughs) Good stuff. And for the sake of time, we will move on. Um, I said I was apologizing to everybody and that I will record solo tomorrow. Felix DePel saying, no problem at all. Looking forward to you covering and analyzing the AB situation because right now I'm traveling a lot and didn't get any information. On a last note, 
I had a great time watching the game at Oakland, my first ever NFL game. I bought a cheap Jared Allen jersey. Well, there you go. And there you go. Still a Viking jersey in that case. Yep, not a Bears jersey. Uh, I was talking about us going solo and all that good stuff, and that I'm going to uh, try to do the best I can and not ramble on about Peterson too much. But look at this. Now, obviously, the Facebook page is covered with it. You're going to get some interesting lines here. Robin Sullivan saying, thank you. I hate even turning on the TV or radio the past couple of days. All the nonsense got old fast. Oh, God. It just killed me listening. I can't listen to 1500 anymore until this, like, kind of wears off and goes away. I can't even listen to those guys anymore. I mean, Phil Mackey, it just seems like he's obsessed with certain b- beliefs and views and stuff. And he just, like, thinks you're an idiot if you don't agree. And I don't like that about him. I really don't, actually. And Judd, And he's rubbing off on Judd. Judd didn't really used to be so, uh, you know. I mean, when he was with Dubay, he just seemed a little bit more in the middle on things. Now it's just like, ay, ay, ay. Okay. Anyhow, um, Robin continuing saying something else is bound to come up soon to take the focus off AP. I bet Rice was happy to see the focus was taken off from his drama. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's usually how you kill a top story is a new top story shoves it out of the way. That's about the only way. Otherwise, they just keep rambling on about it forever. Todd Grunlian. Very interesting, uh, very interesting post. Unfortunately, he can't listen to the show for, I'm not sure. I still didn't really understand why when he said explain, but I wish he was listening, but uh, he said some interesting stuff. He said, I've been a Viking fan for 47 years, but I just saw a poll on a competing post site recently that had Viking fans ranked dead last in team loyalty. Dang. So we kind of go back and forth there. I was saying the numbers uh, show that sometimes. Like the, the fan base, the numbers are very hot and cold. And so are the, uh, it's because like the wins and losses. Not sure how this show is going to do because of the uh, AP story. Todd continuing saying, I've observed this a lot over the years. Fan bases in other regions are much different in that they stick behind their team no matter what. Look at the Pats, for example. They had a multi-murderer on their team. Yet they are still 100% behind the Pats. Viking fans need to shape up. And yes, that's... uh, Double murders are worse than what Adrian Peterson did. Yes, without a doubt. And those people are still Patriots fans. And they're not being treated like fools for being Patriots fans, where some people are actually making fun of Viking fans for still supporting the team. Wow, you're a child abuser. Are, are you crazy? Really? Just like people that uh, would tell you you're a, you're a wife beater for wearing a Warren Moon jersey years ago. Really? I'm a wife beater for wearing a Warren Moon jersey? R- really? I mean, does that does that football jersey represent off-the-field activities, or does it represent on-the-field activities. These players don't wear their jerseys off the field, folks. And now, if you wore an Aaron Hernandez jersey, that might be a little bit disrespectful. Just a little bit. Adrian Peterson, you know, you, you don't have to like to wear that jersey. You don't have to wear it if you don't want to, if you don't like it. But just because somebody's wearing that jersey does not mean they support child abuse or murder, or rape, or whatever the hell. Now, nobody's wearing an Hernandez jersey. I'm, I mean, that's probably like, you won't you won't wear that one just because, but that does not mean you support anything. It just means, it probably just means you're a Viking fan, and you're just wearing the jersey. 
Anyhow, Todd, continuing saying all they do is complain about the price of the new stadium and the amount players get paid. Oh, and by the way, they used to complain about the cost of building the Metrodome. And that was how many years ago? Before that, it was the price of game tickets at the Met. As laughable as that may seem. Yeah, that is pretty bad. (laughs) These are great examples of how much the Viking fans complain instead of enjoying the luxury of having a professional football team in the region. Always so negative. Always have been and always will. It won't stop me from being a Vikings fan. Very cool. Janet and... Clark saying, loyal Viking fan here, can't afford the tickets, but can afford the love. Skull, hopefully you're listening. Um, Todd wrapping things up saying, I'm a Minnesota expat, born and raised in the Twin Cities. Still have family there, and I make it back often, but I have lived in Virginia Beach for 30 years. Virginia Beach, Virginia for 30 years. I've also been in the Navy for 30 years, so that is what brought me down here. Got NFL Sunday ticket, and if I'm home, I never miss a Vikings game. So to answer your question, I can't listen to the broadcast. That's unfortunate because uh, Todd is pretty much like a gold star winner for some of the things he said here, (laughs) pretty much. Uh, As we look to wrap up the page here, I think we're going to call it a day on the Facebook here. Thank all of you so much for commenting and such check Twitter a little bit. Uh, this is the wrong one. Doggone it. <laughs> Timberwolves Explosion Twitter. Let's just uh, see if we can slide around here very quickly to Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Don't be afraid to follow and comment and all that good stuff. You're more than welcome to do that. And don't think for one second that I won't appreciate the, the heck out of it if you do. <laughs> don't think for one second that I won't. Oh boy. Dave was uh, lots of in-game stuff. See some of this. Um, he was saying he better hope that Mike Zimmer takes a char of mint sauce to St. Louis as roast lamb or Zimmer in silence of the Rams. <laughs> oh boy. He liked the fact that I have Miami in the playoffs. Yep, good call. Yeah, I think so too. Um, let's see if I can slide around here a little bit. He said, thanks for the bronze star. Yes! Right time to get ready for a Lions loss. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. He was surprised. Uh, the Bears losing to the Bills, not good. It's all good. We are up a game already. May the Bears choke the season away. That's, uh, he said, I, I have to wonder how much AP, the AP issues had on the team today. Just wondering, did Castle think he was playing for New England after that third pick? Should have had Teddy in there. I'm going to the bar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was something, wasn't it? That was so true. Oh, man. Isn't that crazy? Crazy how bad Castle was. Uh, Goat Troy Williamson at VikingFan121. Simply doing like a thumbs up there. He must like the show. Thank you for that. I think that's what you mean. But, um, what is she saying? She's agreeing with, oh yeah, I was saying I love the way we build up our Minnesota star athletes to bigger than life then tear them down to the first opportunity. Yeah, I mean... I hate it. I hate the way we just tear him down after making him bigger than life. It's really annoying. Uh, Eric was saying he beat a kid with a tree branch till he bled. That's not okay. Don't let fandom blind your perception of what's right versus wrong. Um, I don't blame you for that point of view. I don't know if you're listening to the show or anything. Doesn't look like it. But um, it wasn't good, no. But I'm not blind to anything here. I just, uh, I'm not, (laughs) 
Um, I just don't think he needs to be tarred and feathered to the point that a lot of these media members and people seem to want. I just don't see it that way. That's all. I- I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's nothing to do with fandom. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm not condoning anything Adrian did, though. No. Um, <laughs> it's just, again, it's just like one of those things. It's not good what he did. He should have some suspension. Yes, I, and I said that. He should be suspended and all that. But to tear down a guy to basically a point that he doesn't count anymore, pretty much, let's just burn the jersey, no more jersey, let's just run him right out of town, I think that's a bit much. I think that's a bit much. I, I really do. Dave Martin continuing saying, do that in Britain too. Uh, don't you love the press? Not. Yeah, that basically everybody run people out of town and overdo stuff. Yep, the, the media. Um, Purple People Podcast, at Purple Heel Podcast. I believe this is probably Adam Carlson, but it could be Kyle West or Kyle Smith. Really nice show and all that good stuff. Wish they'd mentioned me, doggone it. No. <laughs> Look at me giving you a free pub and you don't even mention me. Come on now. Come on now. Really enjoyed the, yeah, the good stuff. I, I like what they had to say about Adrian also. Uh, he said, I get that AP is a big story, but Castle threw four interceptions and Khalil is struggling. Let's talk about that too. Dave Martin was saying uh, what's been said on holiday, so not able to keep up with events. Yeah, and he thinks that season's going belly up in a week. Sad news and all that good stuff has turned into a witch hunt. Yeah, um, yeah. I apologize, guys. I kind of did drag the AP thing on a little bit here, and it's because it kind of went into the fan interaction, and I'm, I do apologize that it did kind of drag into the show more than I would have liked, but it kind of is what it is. Um, shoot. <laughs> At the end of the day, the Vikings, uh, I wish they could beat the Patriots. I don't think they will. Possibility exists, though. I mean, it's not over till it's over type of thing. <laughs> The season ain't over till it's over. You never know. Maybe Jarek McKinnon emerges. Maybe he becomes a, the running back of the future. Matt Asiata maybe has a really amazing season out of nowhere. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, let's activate Joe Banyard, doggone it. I want to see him get out there and get something done. That would be really fun to watch, actually. Little Joe Banyard. Let's get Joe Banyard out there kicking some butt. Kicking some butt. Wouldn't that be fun? Man, if, if, if only that could happen. I'd like to see Joe Banyard get out there and run for 100 yards. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> yeah, but the odds of that happening kind of slim for so many reasons that they probably won't even activate him or whatever or give him give him enough carries to do anything. I would love to see Jerry McKinnon emerge and have like 120 yards or something against the Saints and a touchdown. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would certainly make a lot of us more confident around here in Viking land. Apologize that that show did get kind of dragged more into this show than I had hoped i I'm sorry. Uh, so uh, next show, next show. Let's uh, let's try not to comment too much about it, huh? <laughs> and it's kind of my own fault for interacting with people about it all week. So I mean, it it is what it is. It is what it is. So thank you everybody for listening. Yeah, I did my best today. I hope you enjoyed it. Please do tell a friend about the Purple Mafia show. You 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 write a nice review and a nice five star uh, rating on the on iTunes for Purple Mafia. I'll mention you on mention you on there, and you'll probably get a star. Which reminds me, it's time to pass out some stars. 
uh, Todd with that Baltimore logo there, that doesn't get to listen to the show, but was in the Navy. He's going to get the gold star for this episode. With a, um, he deserves it in a big way. Bronze star or silver star, I'm going to give that to Dave Martin. Awesome takes one after the other. <laughs> really cool to talk to. And Justin Mayer Henry, a strong bronze. In fact, he almost should get the silver. <laughs> but either way. Or we'll say two silvers and no bronze. Justin Mayer Henry and Dave Martin both get a silver and no bronze for this show. Because both of them had awesome things to say along the way. Very cool. Um, I liked a lot of what you guys have been were saying all week, too, along the way that weren't mentioned on this show. So, really cool. Thank you always for listening, and thank you. Do tell a friend, or two, or, or 40, right? <laughs> Would be cool. Or three. Yeah, okay, three might be enough. But um, it, anything you can do helps. You know, I, the show won't grow without your help. So thank you again for listening. I'm I'm kind of worn out from talking about that one topic. And I'm even more worn out from listening to it. And I'm sure you are as well. So let's let's call it a day. Let's get out of here. Let's talk about the Saints next week and we'll go from there.